The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Amen. Is someone excited to be in church this morning? Is someone expectant in God's house this morning? It's not just enough to be in church. It's not just enough to be excited about church, but you've got to be expectant because every time, you know, God's house is open. Amen. It means God is about to do something. It means God is about to reveal himself. It means God is about to reveal his hand. And I know in my heart today that God is going to be revealing himself like never before to his children in the house this morning. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So in this season, we're um, exploring the focus, the topic around um, more than enough. More than enough. Hallelujah. And I trust God that, you know, as his word comes through today, that every single person here will see and know and understand that indeed God is more than enough. God is more than enough for whatever you might be going through. God is more than enough and he wants to take you beyond whatever level that you might be right now. God wants to show himself in your life that indeed he is more than enough. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And it's important that in our hearts that, you know, we must learn to embrace this more than enough status. It's the life that God has called us to live. A life of not just enough, but a life where we experience more than enough. Hallelujah. And why must we embrace that more than enough status? Glory to God. The first point I'm going to talk about this morning is that that is who God is. That is his nature. Let's look at um, Genesis 17. Genesis 17 and verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. I am almighty God. Now that word that was translated as almighty God is the word El Shaddai. It's the word El Shaddai. And El, the word El, you know, points to, you know, the power of God himself. And God as El Shaddai signifies one who nourishes, one who supplies, one who sustains, and one who satisfies. And so God walked up to Abraham and introduced himself. I am El Shaddai. I am the almighty God. I am the one who is going to supply all your needs. I'm the one who can satisfy you. I'm the one who can nourish you. I'm the one who can sustain you. If you meet someone for the first time, I mean, you expect that the person will tell you one of two or a couple of things, the name at least. He will tell you his name. He will tell him what to do, what he or she does. Amen. So if I meet someone along the road and the person introduces herself to me and tells me, oh, my name is Joker and I am a fashion designer. You know, somewhere at the back of my mind, you know, I saw that somewhere, you know, 
And when I'm, you know, looking for someone to make clothes for me, I remember, oh, I met a jockey somewhere, you know, in the, sometime in the past. And she told me that she's a fashion designer. And I expect that, you know, she would deliver some good fashion for me. And so God introduces himself to Abraham and tells him, I am the one who is more than enough for you. I am the one who is ready to supply all your needs. Naturally speaking, that should have Abraham's life all made up. Amen. If someone just walks up to, to you and tells you that, you know, for the rest of your life, you know, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to meet all your needs. I'm going to supply whatever it is you want. My life is made. I don't need to worry about anything. All I need to do is to, you know, call upon him whenever I have something that I want to do. He has said that that is who he is and therefore he will live up to his word. He will live up to his name. Amen. And so God is telling Abraham that you don't need to worry about anything in life. Because I am here to carry you. I am here to sustain you. I am here to nourish you. I am here to supply. Whatever it is you need, I can supply. Whatever the demand is, I can meet up that demand. Because that is who I am. Amen. Genesis 35, 11. Also God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you. And kings shall come from your body. Now this was the man Jacob. So God appeared on the scene of Jacob's, Jacob's life and told him the same thing. I am your El Shaddai. I am here to meet your needs. I am here to supply your needs. I am here to make sure that you are satisfied. I'm here to make sure that you never lack. I'm here to make sure that you always have what you need per time. I am here just for you. Hallelujah. So must realize that the God that we are connected to is the God who has declared himself as more than enough. You know, it's a different thing if someone else is the one giving a testimony that, oh, I think God is this, I think God is that. But he appeared on, his, on the scene, you know, himself and declared himself that this is who I am. And therefore, this is who you can expect me to do and what you can expect from me. These are the things that you can expect that I will do in your life. Because it's just my nature. It's just my nature to ensure that things are, are well taken care of all around you. Glory to God. So you must all understand that, you know, whatever you need, whatever situation, whatever might be coming your way, there is a God who is more than enough. There is a God who is more than abundant. God is saying, I am more than able. Nothing ever takes me by surprise. Nothing ever catches me unawares. I am ever prepared. I have more than enough supply to meet whatever it is you need per time. Because that is my nature. So we must learn to call God by his name. When we learn to call God by his name, then we begin to, you know, tune our minds. We begin to focus our minds and we begin to, begin to expect God to do what he has said he will do. If you need any supply in your life, call God your supplier God because that's what he is. He can supply anything you need. He can meet any need. So you've got to learn to wake up every day and declare that God is my El Shaddai. God is my ever-abundant God.
us here in this house have one need or the other in our lives. But if we learn to open our mouth and we begin to declare him as our supplier, begin to declare him as our sustainer, begin to declare him as our provider, begin to declare him constantly as our way maker, then we'll begin to see greater and greater manifestations. It's very easy to allow the things that are going on around us to cloud, you know, that vision, to block that vision. You have a need that is so great and it just knocks you off and you're wondering, how am I going to get this problem solved? And the, and the burden is so heavy, you forget about the fact that there is someone who has made himself available 24-7. He neither sleeps, he neither slumbers, he's watching over me. So why must I carry this burden all alone? Call him your supplier and he will show up on the scene. Call him your healer and he will show up on the scene. Call him your deliverer and he will show up on the scene because that is who he is. Amen. And so we see in the life of Abraham that Abraham actually experienced, you know, this ever abundant supply of God. And all the people that were around him, his children, even his nephew, Lot, partook of that manifestation one way or the other. Because Abraham learns to see God as his El Shaddai. It didn't happen in one day, but eventually he got to understand that God was always there for him. Glory to God. Now, why do we need to embrace this more than enough status? It is who God is and it is what God does. It is what God does. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6. God always does more than enough. God always does exceedingly abundantly. 2 Kings 6, and I'll read from verse 14. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Amen. And Ami came around um, I mean, came, came, you know, to attack um, against Elisha, you know. And Elisha obviously knew what God was going to do, you know. Had an understanding, he had worked with God for a while. And he was not moved. But the servants, you know, did not, I mean, he had watched his master Elisha. And they saw the army, he saw the chariots all, all, all around them, and he was afraid. And he was asking his master, master, what shall we do? But Elisha was not moved, and he prayed, God, open his eyes. Amen. So God knew that, you know, that army was going to come against them and God had gone a step ahead. Amen. The Bible says that God had released, you know, chariots. There were chariots, you know, in the invisible realm that Elisha's servant could not see. 
But the moment that that, I mean, that army came against them, God had released an answer. And Elisha said, told him that those that are with us are more than those that are with them. So when it comes to our protection, God will always do more than enough. If Elisha's eyes were not open, maybe he would have been running around too and, you know, get, get, getting fretful just like his servants. But he had walked with God and he understood that the God that we serve is more than enough. And therefore, no matter what comes against us, we know that there is a God that has a greater protection for us, a greater means of protection and deliverance for us. No wonder the Bible says that a thousand shall fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, but it shall not come nigh us. Why? Because there are greater massive angels of God that are guarding guarding all around us. We might not see them physically, and we don't even need to see them physically. But when you understand that I have a God who is more than enough, you will not fear whatever the enemy might throw across your way because you know that God has a solution that is bigger, that is better, that will preserve you. He is more than enough. Amen. We live in a city that, I mean, there's so many dangers around. From, you know, tanker of well, driving on the road and falling down on the road. From kidnapping left, right and center. From all manner of, you know, sicknesses and diseases that fly around. But if we would understand and get rooted in the fact and the revelation that the God that I belong to the God that I pursue, the God that I seek is more than enough. More than enough means that he always goes before me. He always makes a way before me. So no matter what comes my way, there is always an answer. Because God is enough for all my needs. It's more than enough. Amen. So some people need to deal a deadly blow on fear. Living in fear. Elijah's servant was fearful. Why? Because he didn't understand. But the reason his eyes were open and he saw, that fear, you know, disappeared. When we understand that we are ever protected by God, when we understand that God's angels, you know, they always encamp around us to keep us in all our ways, fear we have no place in our lives. Fear we have no place in our hearts. And we know that whatever evil might be flying all around the world, it will not come nigh us. Because we have a God who is more than able to protect us. We have a God who is more than able to deliver us. Amen. Mark chapter 8, verse 13. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod, and they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? 
That was a hard rebuke. <laughs> Amen. When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said to him, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So he said to them, how is it you do not understand? You know, the Bible says that they were, they were, they were I mean, Jesus Christ had an encounter with the Pharisees. They wanted him to show him a sign and he told them that there was no sign going to be given to this generation. And he was telling his disciples, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the disciples, their minds had wandered somewhere else. Leaven, you know, the only thing they could think about was bread. And they had just one loaf of bread with them. Amen. And they were wondering, oh, is it because we, don't, we didn't have enough bread on this journey? And Jesus looked at them. Jesus said, you were there. The miracle of, you know, the five loaves of bread and two fish, two fishes. When I distributed it among thousands, the men and the women and the children, they ate and they were satisfied. And the Bible says that there were 12 baskets left over, more than enough. Why did Jesus Christ need, I mean, why did we need 12 baskets left over? He was making a statement. That it doesn't matter how small the resources you think in your hand is. Anything put in the hand of God can be multiplied and can become more than enough. And as if that was not enough, the Bible says there was another instance in which they had just, I mean, a few loaves of bread and, and, and little fish. The same thing happened. He broke the bread. He blessed it. They all ate. They were satisfied. They had many baskets left over. Why? Because that is what he does. He does more than enough. He doesn't just do just enough. He wants you to know that he can go over and beyond and above whatever you need. And so he rebuked the disciples. Have you forgotten? And this is just one loaf of bread amongst, I mean, we're not talking about 500 people this time. Maybe just about, under, definitely under 20 people. I have done it once, I have done it again, and therefore it is not a problem for me to supply. Supplying is not my problem. My nature is to supply, and I will do it, and that's what I do all the time. So you must understand that it is who I am, and it is what I do. I will always supply whenever there is a need. Glory to Jesus. I believe someone needs to understand that word. God will always supply. God will always supply. He is a supplier. Glory to God. Job 42. Job 42, and I'll read verse 10 and verse 12. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Verse 12. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. We know the story. Job was a blessed man. The Bible introduces he introduced him as one of the greatest men that lived in the East at that time. Hallelujah. He was wealthy. He had you know, children, you know, established children that were doing beautiful children that were doing well. And the enemy came against him, you know, struck him and he lost everything that he had. 
Hallelujah. You know, Job got to a point where he said, though he slay me, yet I will praise him. Yet I will praise him. That's why the fact that all the people around him had told him to give up on God. There was something he knew and understood about God that, could, that I mean, he could not be shaken from. He could not be shaken away from. And so despite the fact that everything around him had disappeared, he knew some, somehow within him that there was going to be a restoration. Because God is the supplier, the one that God does more than enough. And truly, when God brought about the restoration to Job, the Bible says that he did not just give Job back what he lost, but he gave him twice more than he had. This was a man that was already blessed. And the Bible says that God gave him twice more than he had. So he became super, super blessed. Amen. Glory to God. So God did not just restore him to to know what he was. He made him better. And when we look at what happened, you know, in, 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 the, in the case of Adam and Eve, Adam was the king of all creation, but he sold out to Adam, to the devil. He lost the glory that God gave him. When God brought about a restoration, he didn't just bring us back to the same level that Adam was, but the Bible says that he made us new creations. He made us brand new creatures in him. He made us better, far better than, you know, what Adam experienced while he was in the Garden of Eden. Glory to God. So I don't know who in the house this morning might have lost something. And it seems that all hope is lost. You've lost your possessions and you've lost your hope and you don't know where to turn to. But I'm here to tell you that God is a restorer. That is what he does. And when he restores, he will not just give you back what you lost, but he will give you back even greater. He will give you back more. He will give you better. So that you will know that he is a God who does more than enough. And that's why the Bible says in the book of Psalm 115, it says, The Lord increase you more and more, you and all your children. The Lord will increase you more and more. Proverbs 4, 18 says that the path of the just is a shining light that shines brighter and brighter, that shines more and more. You have a God who does more and more. You have a God who does more than enough. So you can always expect more in your life. You can always expect better in your life. You can always expect brighter and greater in your life. Because that is what God does. What is done for one, he will do for another. And another and another. Amen. Now you need to understand that you are in covenant with a God who does more than enough. More than enough is who he is. More than enough is what he does. And over and beyond that, he has entered into a covenant to do more than enough for you. Glory to Jesus. Let's look at Psalm 105 verse 37. Psalm 105 verse 37. He also brought them out with silver and gold. And there was none feeble among his tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed. For the fear of them had fallen upon them. He spread a cloud for a covering. 
and fire to give light in the night. The people asked, and he brought quail, and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock, and water gushed out. It ran in the dry places like a river, for he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. He brought out his people with joy, his chosen ones with gladness. He gave them the lands of the Gentiles, and they inherited the labor of the nations. Now, these were people that had become slaves in the land of Egypt. And the Bible says that, you know, God remembered the promise that he made to Abraham. God remembered the promise, the covenant that he made to Abraham. That he was going to increase him, that he was going to multiply him, and he was going to make his people great. So one thing you need to understand was that the deliverance of the people... The slaves from the, children, from the land of Egypt was not on account of what they had done or what they hadn't done. It was on account of the fact that God had entered into a covenant with Abraham. God had made a covenant with Abraham that his seed was going to become great. That his seed was going to become mighty in the land. That he was going to have, you know, descendants that will rise up and, 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 and walk in greatness. Amen. And so it happened that the children of Israel, they, were, they, they had become slaves in the land. Amen. And the Bible says that God remembered his covenant. God remembered that, you know, he had actually given Abraham a word of promise. And therefore he had no choice but to ensure that those people were taken away from slavery. And how did they leave the land? The Bible says that, you know, they left like kings. The Bible says that, they, I mean, there were, they, they were slaves, you know, in the land of Egypt. But at, as at the point that they were living, it says that they went to ask of their masters gold and silver and everything that they wanted. And their masters obliged them. And overnight, they became rich men and women. Slaves transformed, you know, to, to, to rich, rich I mean, holders of wealth and riches and, and all that overnight. And the Bible says that there was not one feeble one among their tribes. Not one, there are millions of people. Not one of them was feeble. You know, sometimes we have, we, 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 we understand that there's a general covering. And you're wondering, you know, does it apply to me as an individual? I'm just sitting here in my little corner. I know that God has said this and God has said that. But does this really include me? Does it apply to me? Can I expect this to be a manifestation in my life? The Bible says that every one of them left rich. Every one of them left healthy. Not one of them was feeble. Not one of them was sick. Amen. So that covenant covered every single one of them. And it wasn't on account of what they had done. It was on account of what had been decreed, you know, thousands of years before them, before their time. Their future had been settled just because, you know, they came under the covenant. Just because they came under the covenant, their future was settled. And so they had no choice but to live in abundance. The Bible says that even when they were in the desert, that God provided food in abundance. When there was no water, there was, I mean, God made water to flow from there for them in abundance. Where there was a desert all around. Amen. Because of the covenant he made with Abraham. Glory to God. So you need to understand that every single one of them experienced that manifestation. Every single one of them experienced the fact that ah, they are connected to a God that is more than enough. Glory to God. And you know what? The Bible says that we have a better covenant. We have 
better promises and the new covenants that we have with God. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. And as much as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Amen. And so in reality, Jesus is our qualification. Jesus is the one that makes it possible for us to enter into the realm of more than enough. Jesus is the one that makes it possible for us to always know that there is someone who is always ready to supply. There is someone who is always behind me. There is someone who is always for me. There is someone who will always rise to the occasion. Whenever I find myself in need, it's because of Jesus. So it doesn't matter what you might have done and what you might not have done. God will always honor the covenants that we have through Jesus. And if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new. Amen. If you are in covenant with Christ Jesus, you can always expect God to come through for you. You can always expect God to meet you at the point of your need. You can always expect God, you know, to bring about an abundant supply in any area of need. Let's look at what the Bible tells us in Matthew, Matthew 15. Matthew 15, 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, this was Jesus Christ here emphasizing the fact that God has sent him to the lost sheep of Israel. Emphasizing the fact that, you know, there's a people that God has prepared something for. Amen. And, and, and he was telling the woman that you are not one of them. You are not one of them. We have prepared for the children. We can't take what belongs to the children and start giving it, you know, to not even the massive dogs, the little dogs. You just call her a little dog. <laughs> Amen. And the woman replied that even the little dogs, you know, can eat some, you know, from the crumbs. If the crumbs that fell from the table was enough to bring about complete healing, complete restoration to this woman, can you imagine what is set on the table what God has set on the table. The Bible says that he sets a table before you in the presence of your enemies. If the crumbs were enough to bring about the healing that she desired. I can't begin to imagine the things that God has prepared for his sons and daughters. And that's why the Bible says that I had not seen, ear had not heard the things that God has prepared for them that love him. 
Eye had not seen, ear had not heard. All that we will, God will open our eyes to see the abundant supply. All that we will know and understand that God has made all things ready for us, his sons and daughters. All that we will understand that there is no need for us to be running helter-skelter. Because there is a God who is modern enough. There is a God who has all the answers. Many times we are looking for someone, you know, to bring about the solution to us when we have an answer in God. Amen. When we walk with God, many times God can ask us to go and meet this person, to go and meet that person. But God will have prepared the heart of that person. God will have prepared the supply in that, to use that person as an agent, you know, to supply our needs. But it's important that we all understand that, you know, this God has everything we would ever desire, we would ever want. Amen. There is nothing we need that God does not have a supply. And stay connected to him. And understand that we have a covenant. And God is not ready to break his covenant. The Bible says, my covenant will I not break. Nor alter the thing that has gone forth from my lips. My covenant will I not break. And we have better promises in this covenant. It's a covenant of life. God has given us grace and salvation as a result of this covenant. Amen. And salvation is total. Total. Bible makes us understand that God, when it comes to the sin problem, that God has dealt with the sin of the past. God has dealt with the sin of the present. God has dealt with sin of the future. Glory to God. Glory to God. So God, God thought well ahead. And the sacrifice of Jesus and everything we need, you know, we can take as a result of the fact that Jesus Christ has died. And Jesus Christ has been raised to life. Jesus Christ said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The more abundant life is available to every single person. Every single person. So don't exclude yourself. Don't exclude yourself. You can be a partaker. It's something you can walk in every day of your life. It's not your own qualification that brings this about, but what Jesus has done, what Jesus has completed, and what Jesus has settled 2,000 years ago. Amen. 2 Peter 1.3 tells us, His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. All things that pertain to life and godliness have been made available to us, and all things means all things. Hallelujah. Now, the other thing that we ought to remember, you know, when we're talking about the fact that God wants us to walk in the more than enough realm. When God came to Abraham, you know, one of the things that he kept emphasizing, you know, he says that, he said that I will bless you and you will be a blessing. I will bless your descendants and through your descendants, all the people of the world will be blessed. So God was looking for an agent through which he will bring about his, the manifestation of his blessings and his abundance to the entirety of, of, of the world. Amen. And so when God tells us that I want you to walk in more than, more than enough, I want you to experience abundance every, every, every aspect of your life, 
It's not for you alone. It's because God wants you to become an agent of his blessing. God wants you to become an instrument of transformation to your world. Let's look at what God told Abraham in Genesis 26. Genesis 12, first of all, Genesis 12, verse 2. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will bless and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Genesis 18, 18. Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. And in Genesis 26, you know, God was speaking again to Isaac. He said, I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. God wants you to become a distribution agent of his blessing, of his love, of his comfort. The Bible says that God comforts us in tribulation, tribulations so that we also, the same comfort that we have received of God, we can comfort people that are around us. Amen. Paul was speaking in the book of 2 Timothy. He said, charge those that are rich in this world. They should not be boastful. They should not be high-minded, you know. But let them be willing to distribute, ready to communicate. So when God, you know, is giving us more than enough, it's not for you to eat all, can it all, and sit on the can. Amen. God is using you as an agent. God always had an agenda when he called Abraham, when he appeared to Abraham. And I tell you that today, God still has that agenda of getting to all men, of ensuring that all men across the world, they can partake of his blessing one way or the other. And the reason why, you know, you have to, you know, you have to desire to not just have your needs met is because there are people that need to be blessed through you. There are people that need to be blessed through you. I mean, people can sit down here and say, oh, thank God I don't have any needs. I have, you know, food to eat. I have clothes to wear. I have a good job. I have a good house. But God is doing things in this world today, and it needs men, you know, to give towards it. There are people that are out there that they don't know God, and they need to see the fact and understand the fact that there is someone who can love them, who can care for them. There is someone who can bring them comfort all the days of their lives. Amen. The Bible says that in the last days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be exalted over all the hills, and all nations shall flow into it. And it shows that God wants to do great and mighty things even in these end times, in these last days. And he's not going to make the unbelievers to fund those things that he's doing. It's you and I that he's going to use as vessels. It's you and I that he's going to use as agents. It's you and I that have received more than enough. That are going to give abundantly to the things that God wants to do. To the agenda of God, to the work of God, to the cause of God in our land. And so that's why we need to think beyond ourselves. We need to think beyond ourselves. We need to think beyond ourselves. In every aspect of your life, you need to th- understand the fact that God wants you to experience the more than enough so that you can be an attraction to your world, so that you can be an agent of God's blessing to your world, so that you, God can use you to distribute and to communicate his wealth, his love, his words, wherever you find yourself. So more than enough goes beyond you. 
It goes beyond you. It's in the heart of God. And that's why we need to connect to it. We need to connect to it. Yes, this more than enough. I'm going to experience it. I'm going to walk in it. More than enough of God's grace. More than enough of God's love. More than enough of God's anointing. More than enough of God's blessing. More than enough of God's protection. More than enough of God's supply. Amen. Because our lives are not just about us. You are an instrument in God's hand. Now, you know, Abraham that we talk about today and all the, the, I mean, the, the, the patriarchs of faith. The Bible tells us that, yes, they walked in the abundance of God. But many of the things that they experienced were through faith. Were through faith. They did that through faith. Hebrews 11 tells us about, you know, many men that, ex- that, 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 that walked in faith and experienced, you know, the miraculous power of God, experienced the abundance of God. Amen. Abraham, Joseph, Jacob, they all are listed on the hallmark of faith. So the only way we're going to experience this fullness, this abundance, this more than enough, is if we learn to stretch out our faith. It's if we learn to activate our faith. Amen. And that's why the Bible says that the just shall live by faith. The Bible did not say the just shall run by faith or race by faith. The just shall live by faith. Faith is a walk. Faith is not a race. So faith is not something that, oh, I just use my faith whenever I have a need and I have a problem in my life. Faith is something that God expects us to live by. So every aspect of your life, you must learn to view every aspect of your life under the lens of God's word. Through the lens of God's word. And ask yourself, does my life match up to the expectations of God's word? Does this area of my life match up to what God says? And if it does not, then it will begin, you need to begin to activate your faith. To bring about those manifestations. Praise the Lord. The Bible talks about the giants of faith, but these were ordinary men and women. Ordinary men and women that just, you know, chose to take God at his word. Look at Abel, for instance. How did Abel get into the hallmark of faith? The Bible says that by faith, Abel, you know, offered a more pleasing, excellent sacrifice to God. That was all Abel did. And the Bible says that, you know, he was a giant of faith. The Bible compared Abel and Cain, you know, Cain, Cain just, you know, gathered something together and gave. But the Bible says that, you know, when Abel gave, he gave with excellence. And the Bible says that his sacrifice was accepted to God. He did it by faith because he knew that they couldn't see God. Amen. And, you know, I'm sure Cain, Cain, Cain did not understand the gravity of what he was doing. He didn't appreciate, you know, who God was to them. He didn't appreciate and understand the entirety and the magnificence of God. If not, he would have thought twice before giving that kind of offering. But Abel understood. And on the back of the revelation that he had about God and about what God was able to do, the Bible says that he gave an excellent um, sacrifice. And today that seed that he gave is still speaking. It's still speaking. Look at Rahab. Rahab was a harlot. Harlot. And what did Rahab do? The Bible says that she had heard about, you know, what God was doing among the children of Israel. And she had heard that, hmm, my city, is going, Jericho is going to be destroyed, though. 
<laughs> and she told herself that, what can I do? And the Bible says that, you know, the spies came to her and, you know, she, saw, she gave what she could do. I mean, she, 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 I mean they, she, she kept them, she protected them, you know, from, you know, the people that wanted to destroy them. And when they were leaving, the Bible says that, you know, you know, they made an agreement with her that she should put, hang, you know, his scarlet cloth upon from the window of her house. And when the whole of Jericho was being destroyed, she was not going to be destroyed. And she went and she gathered all her household, everybody that would care to listen to her. And she gathered them together in the house and they were saved. And the Bible calls her a great woman of faith. Amen. Look at Gideon. Gideon was a zero had no confidence in himself. He was full of the fact that, you know, my, 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 my family is the least, you know, my tribe is the least, and I am the least of them all. So nothing good can come out of me. Nothing good can be accomplished through me. But he heard the word of God, and he acted upon the word of God. And God told him, no, don't look at yourself this way. You are a mighty man of valor. I'm going to use you. And he chose to believe God. And God used him as an instrument of deliverance for his people. There are people here that, you know, based on your circumstances and situations, you think, oh, my, my, my passion in life is just to remain on a low level. But God is saying, no. This covenant covers every single person. Every single person can become significant in their own right, in their own field, in your own work, in your own path. Every single person can become significant. Every single person, whoever you are, wherever you are, God wants to use you as a light. God wants to use you as a deliverer. Amen. God can do more than enough than, of, I, mean, I mean, over and above whatever you have seen in your past. Because that's what he specializes in doing. And he did more than enough in the life of Gideon. Gideon accomplished things that he never ever believed he could have ever done. Because he chose to listen to God, to the instruction from God. In our work of faith, there are several instructions that God is going to bring in our way. And there are varying instructions that God is going to give to different people. Some things are basic. When you're living by faith, when you're walking by faith, you must have the word of God as your foundation. You must have the word of God as your foundation. You must be able to look beyond what your circumstances and your situations are speaking to you. And you must be able to see something greater, something better, something brighter in the word of God. Hallelujah. You must understand that you don't necessarily have to wait to see before you say. But you say to see. You speak to see. And before you can speak to see, there must have been a greater inner picture of more than enough within your heart and that picture will only come from the word of God if you keep looking at the things around you the things around you will drown the word of God but when you learn to exalt the word of God that picture of the hope of, 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 of what God can do that picture of the more than enough ability of God will begin to expand and expand and expand on your inside and as you begin to say those things even though you can't see them around you it becomes a reality the Bible says that we have the same spirit of faith. I believe, therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore we speak. We also believe and therefore we speak. The foundation of faith is God's word. So as you stay in God's word, as you cut visions in God's word, as you begin to speak God's word, you begin to see things around you change. And God will bring certain instructions 
to every individual per time based on where you are. What God asks you to do might not be what God asked me to do. These three people that we pointed out, what God led Abel to do was not necessarily what he led Rahab to do. was different from what he led Gideon to do. But they were all exercising their faith and they experienced victory in the long run. So God knows where you are. God knows what you need to do. And he will show you what you need to do. To ensure that you experience the more than enough ability of God. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor T and I usually share about the testimony of how we got, we received our children. Amen. I remember, and I mean, we were believing God. Standing on his word, or so we thought. You know, but there was a point in my life that I, I mean, God used someone to let me know that. I have not really exercised my faith as I knew to. I have not really activated my faith like I needed to. And I remember that point, you know, in my life was a turnaround. You know, I, I got scriptures. I just went back to God's word. I got scriptures and my anchor scripture then was, you know, this scripture where the Bible says, you know, that the angel of God appeared to Mary and told Mary that, you know, the power of God is going to overshadow you and you are going to conceive. That was my anchor scripture. I meditated on that scripture like never before. I'm driving to work. I mean, when I'm driving to work, I'm confessing the word like never before. Confessing and declaring the word. You know, I got on, I, I used to do three-day marathon fast on a weekly basis. You know, even when I'm at work, any little time I have to go to the restroom, when I go to the restroom, I take a 30 minutes break and I drew up my confession, a one page confession. I'm declaring my confessions. I knew at that point that what I had to do was to go overdrive with God's word. And God showed me what I needed to do. And it was shortly after that that, you know, we had, I had the first pregnancy that was, you know, eventually lost. But all that is history now. All that is history. So I thought I was standing on God's word. I was, you know, to, to, I mean, according to what I, I, I thought I knew to do. But God made me know that, no, there was more I needed to do. I needed to, you know, completely blank out the picture of, of um, unfruitfulness in my life. I, need to, I needed to drive out that picture completely to the, to the point that, you know, whatever happens, whether that child, you know, came or not, you know, I knew in my heart that I was a fruitful mother of children. I was a fruitful mother of children. Now, I had the first child, and I mean, when I would never, ever forget, you know, what happened when, you know, I confirmed that I was pregnant, you know. And I told God that, you know, I don't ever want to forget this kind of awe in which I hold you, in which I esteem you. I told God that. Because I was, I was so grateful to God. You know, I had, I had uh, after, after that miscarriage, it was like three months later, miraculously, that I conceived, you know, without any medical help. Amen. And at that point, you know, I was satisfied with my one child. And really and truly, if it was only one child that I had, I was good to go. I'm telling you, I was good to go. I was so grateful to God for, you know, breaking, you know, that, that, that um, um, affliction over our lives. If that was the only child I had, I was good to go. And so about two years or so after, I started, 
I, I want another one now. <laughs> you know, and I was asking God, God, how can how shall these things be now? I waited for seven and a half years before I had the first child. So how long would I have to wait to have the second child? You know, and I just, you know, sense God telling me, take it easy, something like that. It was, I mean, that was the way I felt, you know, at that time, you know. I felt calm, and I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to happen, you know, but there was a desire in my heart, you know. And it just happened that, you know, the second pregnancy came out of the blues. Out of the blues. No stress, just the grace of God, just the power of God. I had a girl, I had a boy. Equation balanced. <laughs> but I tell you, I, I mean, I was definitely not looking for another child. Definitely not looking for another child. But God said, I want to show you that I can do more than enough. More than enough. Everything baby in my house, I had given out. In fact, the baby bed I had in my house, I had to drag somebody to come out. Come and carry this bed for crying out loud. It's just become a piece of furniture in my house. So everything about baby, I had given out. Because I was not expecting another child. But God said, I want to show you that I can do more than enough. More than enough. Without asking, without desiring he just did it his own way. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, when I had... Um, okay, some of you might have heard part of this testimony. When I had Ori Affair in December, she had... Um, before we left the hospital, she had jaundice. And she got um, treated, light therapy and all that. And the doctors discharged her... Um, discharged us on Christmas Day. I, had, I was supposed to have a pediatrician appointment. That was a Monday on the next Friday. The next Friday, I went to the hospital and they sent us for a test. Long and short, the jaundice had come back again. So 10 p.m. at night, they told us that we should start going to another specialist hospital. And so I asked the doctor, why can't you go back to the hospital that I had her? They said, that hospital is not equipped to take care of children babies over seven days old. So we had to be referred to another specialist hospital. So we got there Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and we got discharged on New Year's Day. As I was leaving the hospital, I asked them, can I have the bill? <laughs> you know, and they said they would send the bill to me. Long and short, I incurred a bill of $20,000. John this for those of us that are mothers here, <laughs> Jaundice. Jaundice. <laughs> she was just eating and sleeping under the light. No blood transfusion, nothing. And they gave me a bill of 20,000 naira. Kiri. Dollars. I was like, Kiri. You know? So I, 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 I attempted to negotiate a discount, and they said, oh, okay, for international patients, we can give you only 15% discount. If you're a U.S. citizen, we could have given you 40% discount. I was like, what will 15% discount do? You know, so I, I, I kept calling, you know, different people, trying to appeal, to push. So eventually, and the week I was about to, I was, you know, supposed to leave, I had a meeting with um, 
someone, there's someone they call the financial counselor. And, you know, I just explained that we were treated. If I had known, I would have told the doctor to leave us till 26 on boxing day to say another day extra. You know, if the, if the jaundice was going to, re, you know, to rebound. You know, that I told $20,000, why is this so expensive? He said, well, um, this is a specialist hospital. Yes, we, we charge, you know, a lot higher than, you know, other hospitals charge and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, but that's what it is. And, you know, they were subtly th- trying to threaten me that if I don't settle the bill that, you know, it's going to af- impact, affect my immigration records and all. You know, I looked him in the eye and I told him that I have no reason, you know, no interest in being irresponsible about this bill. You know, and so I asked again, you know, you people should be able to give me discounts now. I don't have insurance, you know, I'm a self-pay patient. And they said, no, that any additional discount will have to go to, um, as an application for charity. Okay, I said, give me your form, I'll be applied. They gave me, so I left, you know, they gave me the, the um, requirements. Letter of employment from your, your, from your employer, your bank statements, your pay. So when I saw the requirement, I was like, what is this? In fact, I had even just through interview. I said, these people are not even serious. But my brother-in-law, you just encouraged me. That, I mean, just, you, know, you won't cost anything. You know, just, you know, put the application through. You know, while, and I had come back into Lagos at that time. While that, that was going, you know, I paid, you know, a little amount so that it wouldn't seem as if, you know, I was running away with 20,000 Naira debt. <laughs> Dollars. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, so I kept in touch with them. So anyway, I, I put in the application and all the documents that you know they were asking for. I put in the application, and I was told to call back a couple of weeks later. Several weeks later, I called back and they said, "Oh, sorry, your application was not approved." And I mean, I was I was hoping, I was expecting God, your miracle will happen at this time. No, before we sent in the application, Pastor T and I agreed that I mean we just experienced God's favor. And in the application, I was not even I was asking for you know. Give me a discount greater than 15%, something substantial. If you give me a substantial discount, at least I'll find how I will pay off, you know, the balance because I'm not interested. You know, everything in America is payment plan. I said I'm not interested in your payment plan, but if you give me a reasonable bill, I will will do whatever I can to to settle it, you know. And so they said it wasn't approved, and I was like, oh, gosh. Anyway, I mean, you know, one thing was that throughout the entire ordeal, you know, we were at peace, you know, weren't worried, weren't fretful, and were just at peace. God gave, just gave us supernatural peace, you know. And so they told me that I should call back, uh, I should call the, the billing department and ask for a payment plan. I called the billing department, you know, a couple of weeks later, and they asked me how much do I want to pay per month. And I told them, yeah, I can't pay more than $500 a month. And I'm sure the, the girl's head, she calculated, you know, how many, so how many years will it take you to pay this entire bill? If you're saying, she said, I, I, are you sure that's all you have? I said, that's all I can pay. He said, okay, I have to discuss with my supervisor. Call me back subsequently. So I called back. I couldn't call back for some time. You know, I called back again eventually. And she said, oh, okay, yeah, I'm calling for a payment plan. I had called a couple of weeks ago. You told me to call you back. What's your account number? She punches into my account. I said, oh, your account is reading zero balance. <clears throat> so, sorry, what do you mean? <laughs> so your account is reading zero balance. Um, okay, so what does that imply for me? <laughs> so you don't need to bother about the bill anymore. I mean, when I was asking for writing the application, I was asking for, you know, a, 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 a sub, substantial discount. I was not asking them to write off the entire bill. When I called them, I was calling them for a payment plan, and I was told that the bill had been completely taken care of. Talk about a God who does 
more than enough. So for a $20,000 bill, I think the amount I ended up paying was maybe $1,300. Every other thing was written out by charity and by discount. Talk about more than enough. More than enough. God is in the business of doing more than enough. And God wants you to understand and realize that the person you serve, the person that you are in covenant with, is the one who is more than enough for whatever you might be going through. You might look around you and it seems everything is gleam. There's no hope. But remember that the God that we serve is more than enough. Remember that if you keep speaking, if you keep your hope in the word of God, if you keep declaring your confidence, it might not happen the way you expect it to. But I tell you, God is going to come through for you. You might have had a long-standing situation in your life and you've done everything you, 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 you know to do. Amen. Just watch out for God's instructions. But one thing I know in my heart is that the God who is more than enough wants to show himself through for you. He wants to show himself strong from you. He, for, for you. he wants to make a way for you where there seems to be no way. He wants to make you a sign and a wonder. I mean, why didn't God allow me, allow them to write off the debt even before I left? I mean, he wanted to show me that he could write off what had accumulated as a debt in my life already. He wanted to give me a story and now I'm telling you the story. If it, if it just happened with no, with, no, with no drama, I mean, maybe I won't have anything to come and tell you. But I know that there's someone in debt here this morning that needs to understand that there is a God who can cancel whatever debt might have been hanging over your head. That can do more than enough than you desire, more than enough than you ask for. Amen. Amen. I was content with one child, but God said, I want to give it a second and I want to give it a third. And there's someone here that I don't know what that need is, but God wants to do more and more in your life. God wants to do more exceedingly beyond what you can ask, what you can imagine, what you can desire. It doesn't matter how long, but that is who he is. It is his nature and it is what he does. Hallelujah. Rise up on your feet this morning. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.